Into Athletics Podcast. This is your host, Adrian Rangel, and this is going to be part two with um, Anthony Looney, founder and head coach of Discover Fitness in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, you probably remember him from the last episode when we were talking about um, uh, baseball players and, and, and um, how, we, how we started his gym and things like that. So um, he's back again. And uh, how you doing, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Good, man. Again. Good. <laughs> love it. Love it, man. This COVID-19 stuff is getting out of hand. Um, uh, how are you handling it over there? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's uh, obviously nobody's ever seen any of this before, um, especially from a from a business perspective. But uh, we've been doing pretty good. We probably have about eighty um, percent of uh, of our members still engaged with us. So we, um, you know, we can get into all that. But uh, you know, doing pretty well. It's you have to be a little more creative as a coach. So um, how about you? You guys are. Yeah, same thing, man. Um, I mean, I think we mentioned it in the past. We kind of talked about um, you use Train Heroic, I use Train Heroic, and it's like uh, you you introduced me to that, and it's um, it honestly has been a, a lifesaver for me to keep my people and my, my clients, my athletes, uh, motivated and keep them, hold them accountable to doing what they need to do at home or on the fields or wherever they can get it done. Um, but yeah, man. So that's perfect segue into kind of what I wanted to talk to you about is um, at Discover Fitness. I know you are doing some Zoom classes and things like that. Um, you know, how explain to the people like how are you and maybe some other people that are gym owners or something like that. How are you keeping your athletes and clients motivated, uh, whether that be through the train heroic or whether that be through, I don't know, calling them, texting them, you know, what Zoom? How, how are you doing that, man? Yeah. So, um, I follow a really good business organization called Two Brain Business, and you can uh, you can check them out if, if you're a gym owner or you're a trainer or whatever. They've got tons of free resources out there, and they started giving updates a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, basically kind of all over the world, and so we were able to actually stay open a little bit longer than most of the surrounding states. So I actually had a little bit of insight into what was going on for those first states that were shutting everything down. So they were starting to pump out information on all that. And um, I started to realize through what they were what they were finding was the Zoom classes are actually only about 30% effective. So, wow. so people would start with them for about three or four days, and then they start to see attendance dropping off. So I knew that was not a good option for us. So I'm really big into the, you know, the one-on-one or, or individualized training, even if Same. people are e- e- training in a small group. So I realized that everything that we were going to do, if we had to close our doors, we needed to do it on a one-on-one basis. So everything that we've done, even our athletes, we'll, we'll train them in groups of, you know, four to eight athletes, but we're, we broke it down to what we figured was fair for, you know, for them to keep their membership, but still get some one-on-one. So we do twice a week with the athletes one-on-one for 30 minutes virtually, Um, and then with our adults, you know, they just basically keep their same time, uh, that they were training at and their, uh, you know, their memberships. And then we have some people that are on packages. Um, you know, we can get into that here in a minute, but basically I just took a full one-on-one approach and I realized that we kept about 80 to 85% of our members. I don't even know the exact numbers as of today, but, um, you know, for, for this month of April, 
And that business organization that I was just talking about is showing about a 90% retention rate with one-on-one uh, virtual sessions uh, wow. over the over the Zoom classes. So, um, you know, I guess it's a good thing that, uh, you know, was in, you know, paying attention to that organization, getting some information. I had a few days um, to actually prepare to see what was going on in the other states. So I kind of stayed up on that. So I just made a quick decision and said, hey, we're just going to take this all to one-on-one. And it's worked out really honestly better than I thought it would even work out. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, you How know. How your coach we, is taking it? So they're working from home. Um, they, You know, I think it's it's a little bit – it's just different for everybody, right? You're, you're, I'm coaching out of my garage. Um, I kind of made a – got a bunch of stuff from the gym and, and uh, worked it out here in my garage. So I'm able to – to do that but uh everybody's it's doing well um we we took enough equipment for everybody to kind of demonstrate some basic things um for for our clients so um we are you seeing that, that drop off are you seeing that drop off or you have that i mean that percentage or drop off of, of your people like not not participating in the sessions or are you are you seeing them stick with it i mean so based I on look- what you've read for the one-on-one or the groups uh, both like so, one I, versus I mean, I, the other. I know you said I something th- about one-on-one's better, but... Yeah, so I think what, what it basically comes down to is, is how do you do your billing as a business? So do you do that weekly, bi-weekly, monthly? Um, we do it monthly. So I guess if I'm trying to answer this question, if I understand it the right way. So, you know, basically our members that wanted to do this, which is about the 80% for us, 85, um, they paid for their month of April, and then we do the service, right? So... We'll check back in next month to kind of get a sense of how much can we retain of those people that are committed from the first round, right? right. Which I think will be pretty high. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, yeah. You answered the question. Sense. Okay. Yeah, you answered the question. Yeah. We, we um, loaned out. We loaned out some of our equipment too. So if if people didn't have stuff, we called all the parents. We called all the uh, the athletes. Hey, what do you need? We don't have a ton of stuff, so we kind of you know looked at that athlete individually. Said what. You know who's going to coach this athlete? What can we do programming-wise, strength-wise? To what piece of equipment can we put in their hand that's going to give them the best bang for their buck? Because obviously they can't. Get, you know we don't have so many barbells, we don't have so many dumbbells, uh, center mass bells, that kind of stuff. So we, we sat down, um, did all that, filmed some videos for Train Heroic. So they get so just for instance, the athletes get two 30-minute sessions one-on-one with our coaches a week. And then they have three other days that they we program through Train Heroic they do on their own. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's a perfect segue into this, too, as well. We're going to talk about the programming for at-home athletes compared to general population. Um, so frequency, duration, goal. And, and you just mentioned, you know, what you, you do two one-on-ones for 30 minutes, right? And then the yeah. other three days you're going to program for them on Train Heroic. So yeah. um, let's talk about that. So let's just say um, baseball, basketball, whatever. Uh, let's just yeah. put athletes as a whole. Uh, so what does that programming look like for them? Um, and let's talk about more what's that program look like for that 30-minute session, one-on-one session, because I'm kind of curious how you do that. So if you have a 30-minute session, are you keeping them moving that whole 30? Is it more like mobility work to get them prepped for the other three days they might be lifting, I don't know, hard, heavy, or whatever they're doing at home, yeah. or more frequency or volume, or what's that look like? Yeah, so it's kind of there's like a template, and it's, it's a total body each day. Uh, right. We keep it moving through the 30, 30 minutes. Um, we will modify depending on what, what the what the person has. So to my knowledge, I think we only have two or three kids with an actual squat rack. So 
if those kids are lifting heavier, we're going to obviously take more rest time. But I guess the way I would look at it all is like, it's not a perfect scenario, right? This is more general physical preparedness, GPP work. Yeah. Um, the, the way that we would program is like, I look at what kind of equipment they have, what are some safe exercises that we could probably get some rep maxes on. So just for instance, I'll set it up. Maybe we'll do three to four sets. Let's say we do four sets of uh, six to eight reps, okay? Mm-hmm. On that last set, we'll do a rep max. So like if it's a goblet squat and you have a 40-pound dumbbell, you might do three sets of eight, and then on the last set, you're going to do a rep max set. And then next week, we're going to try to beat that if that's what we want to do for that two weeks. But, you know, as far as the intensity goes, you're probably not going to have really, really high intensity of like you would think of a barbell lift, like, you know, 90% of your barbell lift. That's that's just not going to happen right now. So I'm looking at it more from just a general total body conditioning. We're trying to get the athletes to train twice a week with two days in between with the weights so that we can push those rep maxes. And they, they can change, uh, you know, they have a recovery, they have a recovery period, f- um, before the next session. Um, and then the other stuff's, you know, the other days are body weight. Uh, we might have them do like some hill sprints or some light running, different stuff like that. But like I said, it's really general physical preparedness. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then that way, when we do get back in the gym, we're ready to hop right back in. And it's, it's, it's a very easy transition back to what, uh, what we're doing before. Yeah, absolutely. And I always talk about people or I always talk to people about like that carryover. So, and they're kind of worried about, Hey man, Hey coach Adrian, uh, what am I going to do? Am I going to lose my strength? I mean, reality of it is if you don't have a squat rack, if you don't have those things, you might lose a little, but the the whole point is carryover. So making sure we're keeping those patterns that we want these kids to do, whether that be squat, hinge, push, pull, you know, whatever you have to do. I know you mentioned like dead bug, making sure maybe reassessing again when they come back, but we want to be able to, uh, have good carryover throughout this period. So if it's two, three months, whatever, however long, yeah. we just want to make sure that we're programming for them that when they come right in, like they can get right back into it. Um, I've been programming a lot, like more of like a tempo goblets, making sure there's even distribution to the feet, making sure they're not going to lose that, making sure there's a lot of yeah. ISO holds, making, you know, that that's just kind of like just a couple things that I've been doing. Um, but yeah, man, what about your general population people? Yeah, so we we uh, kind of a same approach with both. I mean, we 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 definitely train more of a even if we're excluding some of the you know more explosive movements with the adults, um, we're still training the you know movement patterns and that kind of stuff. We're using tempos, which tempos and isometrics we're using those anyways. It's really not right. that much different. We might use it a little bit more. Um, like I think it, you know, if you have very minimal weights throwing in an isometric, uh, in like, um, in a weak point position. Like if you were to do a rear foot elevated split squat and you Mm -hmm. drop down to the bottom, right before you hit the bottom and you squeeze all those muscles as hard as you can and hold that for about six seconds and maybe follow that up with some reps, Mm -hmm. that's probably going to maintain more strength than anything. Even if you're using light weights with it, um, you know, obviously the heavier you go, the less, uh, time on the hold, um, you know, eccentrics are great right now if it's lighter weight, but if you, yeah. you know, if it's, if it's a really heavy weight, if you do have a squat rack, then I would worry about your recovery, thinking about your stress outside of the weightlifting session. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as a, let's say we have somebody that's, you know, 30 to 40 years old, they're still, uh, 
maybe they lost their job. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I'm just giving you a scenario. Maybe they lost <laughs> their job and then they like, okay, well now I'm going to lift. Well, now you got the stress of losing your job. You don't know where your financials are coming from. And then you, then you're going to beat yourself up to, you know, doing heavy eccentric. It's not a good idea. Right. So, um, that's why I say kind of general preparedness right now is probably best. Um, uh, I think you nailed I, it. that's the way I approach it. Uh, you said it perfect. It's 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 funny because it's like the kid, the the teens, the athletes are going to be in a little bit different scenario because they're not so worried about um, the finances and things like that. Their job, yeah. so it's almost like they're om- they're, they're almost going to, in my opinion, going to benefit just a little bit from this downtime because their recovery, whether that be um, eating a little bit better, they're sleeping more, which is huge, um, and and more or less that the adults are, like you said, they're going to have more stre- external like stressors out there you know work yeah where are they going to get this where are they going to get that so so i think i think the most important part of this i don't think it's really it comes down to an issue inside of the um weight room with the way that we're training to get them back and it's going to be completely normal i think what you're going to see is people are going to have to be smart and this is where i worry a little bit yeah they're recovering right now but like I, you know, we train baseball players. Okay, well, what happens when all this is lifted and then all the teams want to suddenly go out and start competitively playing? That's not gonna work very well because they need to be get their arms reconditioned. Right. Uh, if you're playing basketball, you, you know, as far as like the jumping and the foot contacts, like if you haven't been doing that then you need to retrain a little bit. There's going to be a two to four week period that even if it's a high school athlete needs to get reacclimated before they go in and you know play a whole weekend full of games because that's what's concerning to me facts um, yep that's- so so with, with the baseball guys and i look at it like major league baseball right now it's like okay well everybody oh they're, they're hopeful that they're going to get the season in but they still need four weeks they're going to have to start spring training all over uh you know those guys are uh they're gonna they're, the pitchers need their arms to to get the throws and build the volume back up to be able to throw you know six seven eight nine innings in a game and then the hitters need to be able to see uh, the pitchers so that their their swing speed and their and their hand eye can get matched up. You know, you see that yeah. a lot of times when a major league player gets hurt, a hitter, then they got to go into minor leagues for two weeks. And then a lot of that's just because they got to get reengaged with the speed of the game. And so I worry about that um, with with the athletes jumping back in too fast with uh, competitive. I think really these organizations need to be real smart about how that they're reintroducing competition that's, that's gonna that's gonna be hard that's gonna be hard to control though so we me and you yeah. both know what well, it's once gonna these be kids, very difficult I'm yeah once he's it. you know once these kids strap the cleats back on they're gonna want to go i mean that's yeah. just the way it is well and, if we if we look at it at uh, okay may may 15th that these kids can go out and competitively play again and then you know the travel tournament comes up and the kids the kid doesn't know any better he's gonna go well i'm gonna go out there and throw as hard as i can exactly. and and they haven't thrown in six weeks that's not gonna work out very well Right, right. Yeah, man, I agree with you. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of tough in our scenario to get them prepared for that, you know, because a yeah. lot of times those complex movements as far as like, I don't know, tuck jumps and bounds and things like that, I want to be there for that. Yes, there are some athletes where I have been programming for them at home, but it's because I've been with them for such a long period of time that I know they can do those things. And if I ever want to see it, they have to video for me and they have to, you know, they have to video for me. I'm looking it over. I'm giving them cues, whatever I need to do. But, um, and that makes it hard for us because we want to be able to, that's our job, man, to get them prepared. 
Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. I think it's hard uh, to program a lot of, you know, you can do some light plyometrics, like some, like what I would call like mini plyos, yeah, small jumps. But like when you're talking about the big stuff, like I've, I've been around enough high school kids to know that they're, they, they work too fast. They don't give themselves enough recovery time between the nope. jumps and the jumps. They're normally ugly because they're not paying attention unless we're coaching right. them to pay attention, right? So mm-hmm. that that's that's definitely something that you know you gotta worry about a little bit um, doing the online coaching and stuff like that. And I just actually had a conversation with somebody, one of my adults, and they were talking about, well, all these people are putting out free programs and all that stuff, and I'm like, well. You know, I, I get it. It's great. People are trying to build their businesses. They're trying to get, you know, more contact information and, and they're trying to be supportive. And some don't know, you know, they, they're training a particular type of person and then somebody else that they're not normally training comes and grabs their program. Well, if my adults are not doing a ton of jumps and they go and they're doing all these jumps that's designed for a 20-year-old and they're 55, 60 years old and, you know they're doing all these split jumps and different stuff like that's, that's going to get you hurt. It's not a good time to blow an Achilles. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's important. It's important that, yeah. you know, and I think you, that's what I love about, you know, uh, on, on that subject, you know, that's a good point. You, you know, that's why I love train heroic or is because we can go in and we can already establish a program. We can have an adult body weight program. So if somebody, yeah. and you already know that I've, I'm, I'm using that, you know, hey, I'm going to give out some free, some free programs, you know, for contact lists and things like that. And yep. on the other side of that, I think a bigger picture to keep these people motivated. And we have to understand that these kids being cooped up all the time, that mentally, physically, they're going to be torn down, you know, so I, I want to keep them motivated. So if it's something that I can hand out that it's already pre-made for them, yep. that's really generic and that's really beginner slash intermediate, then I'll give it to them. Very good point, though. You will see a lot of those programs that will um, be established or be made uh, for a 30, 40, 50-year-old, and there might be, you know, split squat yeah. jumps on there, and you're like, hold up. You know, I, I just don't. There's some that might be able to do that, but, you know, right. let, let, let's reconsider what we're going to program for those people because, um, and if you have a software like me and you have, then I think it would be a good idea to have those pre-made, in which I have done. You know, I've yeah. had, I'll have a lot of free time. I've had a lot of free time lately, so I've been able to, pre-make some of those adult programs, body weight, ISO holds, wall sits, things like that, you know, that I know that I can distribute out there and hopefully in my eyes safe. You see what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, if you're, so here's the deal, like we're really strength and conditioning coaches and, um, you know, good strength and conditioning coaches are going to think about these, um, situations, right? I think right. where you run into, where you run into the issue is like, you know, the, the, the ripped person on Instagram that's, you know, they, they work out for their job or whatever you want to call it. And they can do, they can do all these movements. They've been exercising their whole life and they can do all these things. But, you know, the common person that goes to work 40 to 60 hours a week and they, they train three times a week, like they need, you know, super basic stuff. They don't need a ton of jumps. They don't need, uh, they, you know, body weight's good. Um, mobility flexibility and the way that i design those programs is basically we have like body weight series that we do like with virtually with all of our clients right now and i design like eight of these things and basically it's just a series that gets your heart rate up it gets you mobilized in the right area or coordinated in the right area before we do whatever lifts we're going to do right and it's just we're, we're trying to minimize risk and uh 
we're trying to feel better too. Like if you're stressed, body weight movement's great for you. If you if you do a series of four to eight exercises and you're working through that, and it, it, your heart rate's not pounding through through the roof, but it's elevated a little bit, and you're and you're moving your joints, you're gonna think better. You're gonna have better ideas. You're gonna be more productive when you're done with that training session. Right. Um, you know, if you got kids at home, it's probably gonna make you feel better. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm dealing with dealing with that a little bit right now. But, That's um, funny, man. Yeah, I think it's just being smart. It's what it comes down to. Yeah, man. Um, and I think people need to be aware of that too. You know, take that. Uh, you know, just because you see that guy or girl ripped uh, on Instagram and stuff like that, just you know, be mindful. Um, you know, think about yourself don't think don't look at them and be like hey I'm, this is where i want to be during this quarantine and i can make it happen you know and things like that which i mean no, you might be able to but just be careful um uh, you know you, you know your body the best so um or you know consult somebody like you you know if you're in that area or something like that be like hey man do you think this is good for me like i want to try it well, great that's fine you know um yeah. but maybe uh well i'll tell you knows. i'll tell you i will say one big advantage out of this whole situation um, I think that people will have a better appreciation for online training. So I think that there's some positives to be taken away from this uh, once it, when it's all over. So, um, you know, there are there are plenty of people out there, especially young people, uh, 20 to, to 40 years old. They maybe can't necessarily afford to hire a one-on-one personal trainer. Right. But they could afford to get some one-on-one type programming through online, which – it helps the coach. It helps the person um, being prepared with the videos and the coaching notes and different stuff. That's that's stuff that I'm working on right now that I want to take the business to next. And I've wanted to for a long time. I just haven't had the time. And now we have a little bit extra time. So I'm trying to, to build that. But I think it, people are going to see that that's an option. Um, people are definitely developing good habits. You know, they, people who haven't been working out before, they're, they're getting – uh, 20 to 45 minutes, maybe an hour a day. Either they're walking around their neighborhood, they're doing some body weight exercise. Maybe they have a home gym. Right. They're being, they're, de- they're developing that habit. Um, and I just told somebody this the other day, wonder what's going to happen now that everybody's at home, you know, people who eat fast food every day or three times a week, they might, you know, this thing lasts long enough. There can be a positive effect of, they might drive by that place and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go home and fix dinner yep. because I've been doing it yep. and I don't really need that that fast food. And guess what? I feel better. Mm-hmm. I, I feel better. I, I can function. My brain's functioning at a higher level. I feel good. I'm losing some body fat. I think there's some positives to be taken away from this whole situation. Um, you know, if... I think if people do, you know, whether you're a trainee or a coach or a business owner, you need to look at the positives. What can I take away from it? Right. How can this help me in the future? Yeah, man. Um, I, I mean, I love it, man. That's 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 a good point. I, I didn't even th- honestly didn't even think of it like that. You know, you, you, people are going to be home. They're going to be cooking a lot more, so they don't need to go yeah. to that fast food restaurant um, and stuff like that. So people getting out more, things like that. With that, I being, think pe- I think people will go. You know, go eat. As far as just from a business perspective, I think people will go out and eat. You know, at sit down places. But I do think that it might, for a short period of time, impact like fast food chains and different stuff like that. I think it. Maybe. I think there'll definitely be an impact there maybe totally maybe uh all right man so someone that's at i mean i've been getting asked tons of times like like, what can i do to maximize my at-home workout all right so i know you have some top exercises for at home if you have zero equipment no trx 
The only thing you have is maybe a book bag full of books, a cinder block outside. What are some key movements that you would program for an at-home individual, athlete or general population? It doesn't matter. So, I mean, I have my top, like, four or five that I would program for somebody. So, for you, what would it be? Yeah, so, I mean, it depends. Is that person, have they never worked out before? I'm going to assume that they have because most people probably – uh, seeking out some kind of training. They have some kind of base. So uh, push-ups, definitely. Um, I like uh, I like using like a, you could use a duffel bag full of some canned goods or whatever. You bear hug the bag and you can do some squats. Mm-hmm. You can do some like RDLs where you hold in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do bent over rows with the bag. Uh, you can do the same thing. You got cinder blocks, man. You got, uh, you can do RDLs. You can do floor presses with those. Um, maybe some military presses if, if you want to go overhead, I'm not a huge fan of that, but I, I do them myself personally, but I'm not throwing baseball anymore. Um, some of those types of exercises, I think what's really, really important is finding ways to make the lightweight harder. Mm-hmm. So you might not be able to add five pounds to that cinder block next week, but what you can do is add some reps or some tempo. Right. So thinking about, you know, let's just use a push up for example. If I'm at the top position and I'm going to lower myself, I want to I want to take between three and six seconds to lower. I might pause for a second or two in the bottom, and then I'll explode to the top. I don't think people so, are gonna. I don't think people. A lot of people are gonna be int- introduced to tempos, and they're gonna realize how different they hit. <laughs> well, <laughs> because, if you're look if you're looking at you know time under tension, uh, people will be actually really shocked at how hard push-ups can be. Absolutely. If you, if you use those kinds of tempos, mm-hmm. you know, if you can do 40 push-ups and you're using tempos, you might only get, you know, 20, 25, whatever. I'm just giving you an example, but, um, time under tension is great. Um, it can, uh, it can definitely, uh, help build muscle, which if, you know, you're looking at like, we say in this term, GPP, uh, preparedness, that's it's just a lot more volume. You can build muscle during that time. Exactly. Yeah, that's what you're doing. Time under, I mean, you're tearing that muscle tissue down. So I mean, it is yeah. tough, man. It is tough. I like. Uh, I also like like if you have decent balance, uh, strong feet, you can do rear foot elevated split squats and using those same uh, tempos and stuff yeah. on that. That's probably a big go to for me. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've, I ha- same here. If it's like a stationary lunge to. Um, an ISO hold to a reverse lunge to a walking lunge and then I'll go to like a Bulgarian split squat or something like that just depending on balance and things everybody's different Um, but then again everybody has a broomstick laying around they can use it for balance if they need to so you better grab it Uh, so yeah um, I think finding a way to get some upper back work in is really important uh, you know, people are sitting, I'm sitting hunched over while we're talking like this Speak, right now. Speaking of upper back, man, that's one of the hardest ones for me. And I'm just going to be completely honest with you. It's kind of hard. If you think about it, if your pulls, if you don't have a pull up bar, if you don't have a branch outside, you can pull yourself up with or, or whatever yeah. your, your upper back's kind of hard to work with. No equipment. I got, I got a good one. So you would Let's take a it. long, you would take a long towel, like a, like a bath towel. Okay. And twist it up, like uh, uh, just roll it up, and you can stick it around something like a column. Like think about your st- the base of your stairs, the big column that's that's there, mm-hmm. or uh, something outside that's really really sturdy that you can kind of wrap it around. And so you'd have two ends uh, to this um, this towel, right? And then you can either do it sitting, sitting, or even standing and like pulling yourself up through the towel. That's probably the best thing that I can think of. And you can even throw like those a sheet. in on that. You can even do a sheet tie knot 
at the door. Yeah. So you, now you got my mind going because I, for some reason, I just when pe- when I'm like, man, what am I going to do? The what pull variation am I going to do for their upper back? I'm like, dag on it. What am I going to use? You know. So um, yeah, I think I think even e- even if you have your body weight, you can find ways to um, even if you can elevate yourself up on a box and like drive your art, you know, drive your elbows into the ground and hold an isometric. You really fire your lats up there. Um, you can, there's a few things. It's not ideal. I mean, it's not necessarily how I would train anybody uh, any other time, but if you're trying to be creative and you definitely, people need some back work, you got to hit the, uh, maybe hit some towel rows. Yeah. I hear you, man. Um, so advice to some athletes out there that are not doing anything during this downtime. Because we, we know there are some out there, whether we have them, whether we don't have them, there are going to be some that are taking advantage of this downtime, not doing anything, in which at a certain point, I think it's okay to give yourself a mental, physical break because some kids play a sport all year round. But there comes a point where if you want to compete, and this is hard to explain to a young athlete, when you want to compete when the season comes around, going back to preparedness when that season comes, if you're not going to do anything, you're, you're going to struggle. It, 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 that's just, in my opinion, just plain and simple. It, it, because I, if you're not doing anything, if you're taking advantage of this free time, you're sitting on the couch playing video games, whatever, and you're not putting in the work, for you to think that you can come back and compete against somebody that was doing somewhat of a program, I, I, I think your position, I mean – you might be taken. Yeah. I don't know. So I just look at it as maybe a life opportunity. It can you can develop it in sport and maybe bleed over into your life. Whether you're trying to you know get a really good job or you're owning your own business, but like most of the time in adversity situations, there's things you know to be learned from. There's habits to be developed. So when I look at what you're saying with it, you know, if one of these athletes is sitting at home, they're not doing anything, they're eating Cheetos and playing video games, that kind of thing. Like, Don't get me know, wrong, Cheetos are good, bro. Still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is just an example. But uh, So, you know, I look at it like, okay, what, what are we doing as business owners during this time? Right. We're trying to take advantage of this time. We're not sitting around um, doing anything less we're probably doing more. Most yeah. people that are really successful are probably doing more and take advantage of this opportunity to catch up on some things or get ahead. Well, we of have a tendency to have plans. a personality to not be able to sit still anyway. So, yeah. And I think, I think when you look at it from that lens, you, you know, there's some opportunities to be taken advantage of. And, you know, I look at it like, Hey, if this athlete is going to do this, you know, now at 16, 17, 18 years old, you know, what's what's your life going to look like when you're 35? Are you going to do enough to get by and then go home and sit on your ear? You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just yeah. this is the way I look at it. And 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 I do realize most you know some some people mature, and I didn't you know really develop that mindset until I was in my mid 20s. So I, I'm not going to sit here and say Same. that I don't understand these kids uh, how they're you know, they're lazy or whatever. I'm not going to say that. I think everybody right. learns on a di- on a different pace, and you have to make some exactly. mistakes. To, you have to make some mistakes to grow. Um, but the sooner that you can get into that mindset and take advantage of ad, you know opportunities inside of adversity, then you're probably going to find a lot of success in sport and life throughout your lifetime. 
Right. And don't get me wrong. It's it's you're right. You nailed it. I'm not going to say that they're lazy. I'm not going to say they're not doing anything. Um, but I, I think if I if I would have just looked back at myself and if I could have told myself something, you know, when I was that age is um, develop that mindset early because it's going to carry over not only to your the reality of uh, someone playing a, a pro sport is, is very slim. But for to carry over into your work. Um, you, you, you know your life, whether it be a relationship with you, your wife, your girlfriend, whatever, um, family members. That that's that's the big picture. I think a big picture yeah. and that mindset is huge. Developing that at a young age, um, and I think you know our job as a coach is to be able. And that's what I love about having. And, I, and I've, I've mentioned this before in my older podcast episodes. Is I, I almost have every one of my athletes phone numbers and believe it or not I will sit down at times if I haven't saw or uh, got a notification and, and train heroic that they did their program in three or four days I'll text them you know um, you know because it holds them accountable and um, I don't want people to get it the wrong way that I, I feel like they're not doing what they're supposed to but the whole point is just hey man like that's why you're a coach yeah you know that's you know that's uh I'm still going. My business is shut down. I'm still going. I need you to keep going too, you know? Yeah. Um, because really, I mean, you know, I look, I look, a lot of these kids have that mindset, man. I look up to it. I mean, even as young kids, I look like, man, that's pretty cool, you know? Sending me yeah. videos of them performing their workouts, things like that. You just got to keep going. Um, well, it's, it's good to keep them engaged in the community exactly. or culture that you're trying to develop. Uh, I've seen some pretty neat things, um, you know, online of different different organizations trying to get their community involved, even virtually taking pictures, taking small videos, anything to try to keep that unit together right now. Reaching out, checking on people, um, having points of contact with people is going to really help you out as a leader later on. Mm -hmm. They're they're definitely going to understand that you care. and, And like I said. It's. I think there's a lot of opportunity in here. That's that, and that's just who I am too. I mean, don't think that's like a business tactic. I, just, I mean, I did that before we even shut yeah. down. I mean, that's yeah. just myself too. Um, you know, and I've been trying to teach, you know, the kids that I still contact now. Hey, check on your boy. You know, hey, check on your friend. That, you know, you know whatever. Yeah. And I had. It's funny. It, it's not funny, but I had one contact me the other day and saying, Hey, I need you to check on so and so because uh, they haven't been able to leave the house. And I talked to her, or her, or him the other day and. Um, you know, they weren't doing too well. Like they were just kind of down and out. So, uh, but yeah, man, um, dude, it's been great having you back on. I'm glad you're pushing through this adversity right now. It is not easy for gym goers right now, but we just got to keep that positive attitude, man. I'm very proud of you. Seriously. Uh, we're going to keep grinding. So yeah, man, we'll get through on the other end of this and, uh, maybe we'll do another one to do a summary of how this whole thing played out let's do it hopefully we get a round table Uh, we'll call it we'll call it lessons learned got it (laughs) all right my man all right man peace out thank you